What is happening, beautiful people? Welcome back to In Too Deep. I'm your host, Jack Rowland. I trust that this very important audio document is reaching you all well. My guest today is none other than Travis View. Travis is a prominent researcher and commentator on the QAnon conspiracy theory and one of the hosts of QAnon Anonymous, one of my favorite podcasts that is both hilariously entertaining and informative, dedicated to investigating QAnon and more broadly conspiracy theories and fringe ideologies. Also returning to the show and co-hosting this episode is my buddy Owen Hughes, an avid conspiracy watcher. All right, let's get deep with Travis View. Is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. You don't apply. Bad luck. Well, I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 Hey, how you going? Travis. How you going, man? Right. It's going very, very good today. I got a hike in, so uh, I'm feeling very relaxed. Nice. How did you recover from Waco, Travis? How was it? <laughs> <laughs> funny, th- funny thing. I actually, I didn't go to Waco. I, uh, I, went, um, I went to another event in, in, in Texas that was in the town of Frisco. And this one was a little bit more melted. It um, involved um, involved a, a man who goes by the name Baby Trump. Oh yeah, and um, it, and um, yeah, he he claimed. And um, also, I saw uh, 107, who many people claim to be the living JFK Jr. <laughs> I saw I saw a 12 year old child, you know, on stage talk about how he hopes the rapture happens soon. And then I also saw a few few uh songs from the musical uh QAnon, the musical so it was a quite quite interesting trip yeah that's a thing QAnon the musical yeah 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 that's that's right um <laughs> apparently there's already already been one performance of it but they're trying to make it go on tour um and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna play some songs from that event in our next episode but yeah it was uh it was it was interesting this this was really kind of like um the, yeah the the people I saw were really fringe. Actually, they were kind of affiliated with the negative forty-eight cult, yeah, which is uh, based in Dallas. But um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. For, so, uh, sorry, um, I was just going to say yeah, because there was a Trump uh, rally in Waco for people that don't know, and Waco has a you know a very uh, very historically significant in the kind of militia um, adjacent movement. So it's yeah, pretty on the nose to have the rally there, but. You were at Wet Reckoning Fest. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to yeah, I went to Reckoning Fest, and uh, this is an event that they've had four of these so far, and uh, it involves uh, a few people, including uh, they previously have had um, uh, My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell mm-hmm. and um, um, a f- one-time CBS news journalist turned absolute lunatic Lara Logan, and um, and uh, lots of lots of other people kind of like on the fringe on the conspiratorial rights. Um, but um, yeah, so, but this is a very strange QAnon event in which they basically talk about how they really believe, for example, there are, I, there are many people on stage at this event who claimed in all a seriousness that Trump is still president and Joe Biden isn't. And they look for signs in the form of like um, change security measures from um, different uh, places in Washington, D.C. as evidence of sort of a secret military operation going on behind the scenes. It was really madness. 
Do you think that uh, do they subscribe to the Biden or the Trump is inside Biden, like in a kind of cloning situation, or is is that a thing? No, no. Uh, there, 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 there are uh, various theories. They claim, for example, um, that um, well, some people claim that, for example, like like tr- like Biden actually is in the White House, but he's a puppet government, and it's really being controlled by uh, Trump, and in some cases. Uh, along with JFK Jr., because a lot of people think that JFK Jr. is uh, still alive. Um, other people think that um, that the Biden that we see is actually a performance um, being being you know being uh, taking place at a soundstage in Hollywood, and they they claim that there's actually a replica Oval Office and replica White House that they're using to film all these fake scenes of Biden being in the White House. But yeah, it's. It's really none of it's coherent, honestly. Mm. I mean, to point out the bleeding obvious with this kind of stuff, I mean, from the kind of outside, this stuff is all pretty pretty crazy and pretty obvious things to point out. But, I mean, with with these kinds of people, when, when, they, when they actually believe things like um, Biden's actually Trump in a suit or JFK is actually, you know, Trump is actually JFK in a suit or something, I mean, by their own logic, by their own theories that they're throwing out, wouldn't that make them massive Biden supporters? If 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 Trump's actually just in charge and and Biden's just the puppet, I mean, surely they'd be in support of this <laughs> current administration, right? <laughs> you know that that is a good point. That's that's an argument I have to say I have never personally brought up with them. It's like, well, why? It's like that is a good point. It's like, well, if you really believe that uh, Biden is some sort of puppet and he's under Trump's control and everything he's doing is actually good and, and is being done by Trump and, and should be, you know, in line with what all, all your heroes are doing. But for some reason that they they don't quite um they're not consistent on that point. They're very vicious towards Biden. So I, I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> how that makes any sense. When when you go to these events, uh, I think you've been to quite a few over the years, um, you know, what what are your interactions like with these people? Uh, you know, what, what kind of questions do you ask? Is it, are they pleasant? Um, do they know who you are? And what, what, what do you try to get out of them when you actually talk to them and interact with them? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like the, the kinds of questions that I, I ask are usually pretty straightforward. Um, you know, why are you here? What brought you here? How'd you hear about the event? Um, Mm. that usually gets them talking enough to really understand their beliefs and, uh, what motivates them. Um, I yeah I mean I have been to I I was talking about this with uh, Julian my co-host on Cuba Not Anonymous and um, we were talking about it's like we probably have been to more QAnon events than anyone on earth more so <laughs> even the than the kinds of people who go to these events <laughs> because like no one no no QAnon follower um, uh, even if they are really into QAnon is literally flying across the country to multiple states to attend QAnon events. I've attended multiple events in uh, California. I attended there actually in uh, Hollywood. Uh, there was a Save the Children march in which people, you know, held up signs about Pizzagate, Adrenochrome, and the very they demanded that the uh, Hollywood sickos let the children go. And lots of people believe that, for example, that there is actually a secret underground base underneath the Getty Museum here in, in uh, Los Angeles. And I've been to um, 
uh, the very first QAnon uh, event in Washington, D.C. back in 2019, which took place um, right uh, across from the Washington Monument, which I, I saw, you know, some people like, uh, for example, Jordan Sather, who is a one time a pretty popular QAnon influencer. And, and he busted uh, you. And he busted you. Yes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he 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 seemed he seemed to like recognize this is before as like he 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 knew of me before. I don't think he had like seen my face before, but like yeah, my co-host Julian asked him what he thought of Travis View, and then he didn't he didn't react very well. But um, yeah, I've been to <laughs> I've been to QAnon events also in uh, Florida. Um, there, I went to one in Tampa, Florida that was hu- held by this organization called the Red Pill Road Show, um, which kind of went defunct, honestly. And uh, yeah, I went to this recent one in in Texas. But um, yeah, I've um, I do sometimes now I do sometimes get recognized. Uh, for example, I went to an event in um, Arizona called QCon, and this one was I think probably the biggest ones because it involved uh, Jim Watkins, owner of 8chan and 8coon or QAnon posts. And uh, I also saw um, the QAnon shaman actually was there at the, at the uh, Arizona event. This is all the way back in, uh, it was like October of 2020. So it was before the uh, January 6th insurrection. Um, and uh, some of the organizers actually did um, know who I was. Uh, I got, I got, introduced for uh, a couple of people introduced themselves to me for example in the matrix this man uh, is uh, his real name is jeffrey Pedersen. he's kind of a popular q on podcaster and he recognized me and shook my hand and chatted with me and got a selfie with me so so <laughs> he, uh, yeah so he recognized me and uh, I, was, I was also recognized by uh jt wild uh he's a q musician who puts out songs with titles like digital soldier um, he seemed to know who I was too, so uh, I do get recognized sometimes. Um, I haven't, uh, you know. I think I think their their reaction towards me is really more irritation than hostility. I have to say, <laughs> um, one thing that um, one thing that I do like about you, know, I appreciate about QAnon followers is that I think you know I, I I've mentioned this before on podcasts is that you know the. QAnon has led to lots of horrible destruction and, and violence, that sort of stuff. I think your average rank and file QAnon followers aren't really interested to in personally doing violence to someone, even like myself, if they happen to see me at an event. But um, yeah, yeah. So that that was my experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, meeting people. I try to keep try to do like, you know, try to not not raise my profile too much for example at this recent texas event no one recognized me fortunately i guess i wasn't really on the radar of that particular sect of QAnon. i was gonna say uh jt wild he's not too bad you know the, the guy yeah, can, the guy can sing <laughs> that i thought the same thing it's like it's like you know what man he is actually a pretty talented uh vocalist and guitar player I've seen him perform live a couple times. Um, yeah, and he is he is uh, he is really good. I was like, I imagine that even without the QAnon angle, he'd be you know a pretty successful like at least touring musician or something or like you know a session musician. Um, but um, he always there's actually it reminds me of there's another case of a musician named Flat Earth Man, um, and he um, he and he produces songs with titles like uh, Space is Fake. And um, do you really believe we went to the moon? Which you know, they, 
it's just like just like it sounds. And, very uh, literal. He's, he is decent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he's a decent musician. Um, but um, but uh, but I think that you know it's what. Whereas you know, if you are a decent musician in this you know very competitive industry, you can only at best do okay for yourself. Um, but if you are you know a pretty talented musician and you sort of work, you sort of cater to these kinds of fringe communities, then man, there you can create the the best kind of like niche music than uh, that's uh, that they ever ever heard and that's why i think like jt wild and flat earth man are kind of like uh working the same angle in that sense you kind of need that um like you know they they need entertainment too but i was i was wanted to yeah. say about within the matrix which i find kind of interesting is that he's managed to really be quite consistent and like remain you know to keep to kind of keep his thing going and like he had a photo taken with Trump at Mar-a-Lago like last week after the, you know, supposed indictment was announced, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, which brings us to what a day. The storm has come, huh, with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big day. Trump, Trump indicted and, uh, and QAnon Shaman re- early release. Uh, it, all in the one yes, day. Yes, day. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah i know it's uh yeah shocking stuff i mean it's like i yeah cute on shaman and jacob chansley um i yeah i was like i obviously i'm i like i like to said this on twitter but i really hope he has like learned from his from his experiences and uh tries to find a better use of his energies but you know there's i feel like there's a pretty strong likelihood that the right right like the right-wing media is going to uh take up his cause and make him a celebrity and turn him into a martyr and then he'll get sucked into that environment and maybe he'll they'll come like i don't know book deals and interview offers that come his way and he'll get you know sucked into the same kind of weird conspiracist ecosystem that led him to travel to washington dc on january 6th in the first place so yeah i i yeah i, I just i just hope that uh yeah he does better for himself and for yeah, Trump is like. I really thought I, w- I really thought that they would get him over the classified document stuff. Mm. <laughs> How he had uh, uh, allegedly, you know, uh, took classified documents and kept them in Mar-a-Lago without authorization. Uh, people are always talking about how that was a much more serious offense than anything is did. But then this weird Stormy Daniels um, uh, story came roaring back. I had almost forgotten about it, but then it became relevant uh, again. It's, it's this weird campaign finance uh, thing. But, you know, there's still so much that we don't know as of this recording. We haven't seen the sealed indictment. Those are the other great thing. This is a real sealed indictment for uh, for Trump, you know, because, you know, you know, QAnon followers, they always fantasized. They always tried to explain, well, the reason why, like Hillary Clinton and Obama and James Comey and all the people that we hate aren't being swept up in mass arrests is because there are sealed indictments. There's, you know, there are all these uh, secret indictments be going on behind the scenes, and then they will all be revealed at once, and then uh, basically take all of these, uh, all these evil Democrats off the political playing board. Of course, that didn't happen. But yeah, we got a real sealed indictments for Trump, and it's gonna be weird, man. I'm told that he might be, he's gonna turn himself in on Tuesday. We might get a mugshot of Trump. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> I've heard that he's actually quite into it. I mean, I don't know how much I'd really kind of go with the Maggie Haberman reporting from the New York Times on Trump personally, but she claims that he's into it. 
Like he wants to, you know, get handcuffed, do the perp walk and make it into a big kind of media event, which is something he's quite good at doing. I mean, which should be fun to watch. But, you know, it is weird that it came seven years after the fact and, you know, Fox News is arguing that, you know, it's like the statute of limitations is out so they, they changed it to a you know, misdemeanor rather than a felony or whatever. And yeah, I kind of thought the document thing would be would be the one to get him. And also the Georgia case because, I mean, I've listened to that phone call. They could still come though, couldn't they? They could still come down the track. Yeah, I just think it takes time because yeah. grand juries, they take yeah, yeah. time and he's, you know, paying heaps of money to stall them, mm-hmm. you know, and like... I don't know. I mean, it'd be pretty funny if he had like an ankle brace. I don't think he's going to go to jail, but if he had an <laughs> if he had an ankle bracelet and he's like trying to campaign for you know from Constantly Mar-a-Lago, like, buzzing while he's doing his speeches and yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, that'd be yeah, great. yeah. One thing I remember from reporting on Trump during his presidency is that he would sometimes like to um, like tweet something outrageous and then like watch TV coverage of like, you know, all the networks talking about him all day. I mean, that's the same thing that's going on right now. He's like, he's at Mar-a-Lago and he's glad to be the center of attention again, because yeah, one thing he is certainly is masterful at is sort of like, you know, cultivating and directing media attention and sort of creating a big circus around himself. Mm. He's brilliant at it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> how how is um you know some of these uh, QAnon influencers and talking heads, some of the people that we've kind of mentioned earlier, or I don't know, just the general Q universe? How 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 are they reacting to uh, the Trump indictment? I, I mean, it's probably a pretty predictable answer that melting down. But um, <laughs> have you seen any interesting takes or anything to keep note of? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, they always, of course, it's all, it's all fine. It's all part of the plan, at least the, the QAnon sort of influencers that I follow, because they, they often make uh, reference to these old Q drops that talk about a boomerang. And um, they believe that, oh, this basically means that, that um, you know, they think they're going to get Trump, but they're going to fall into a trap or even, well, this is sets a sort of a precedent, you know, if you can charge, you know, uh, Trump with a with a crime, then surely that means that that sets the precedent to charging uh, Obama with the many crimes that they believe he, they, uh, you know Obama had committed. So I mean, a lot of them are still very optimistic and trusting the plan. I I mean, I have to say, or some people think that you know this is you know this is a Rubicon moment, but but it, but it's still going to turn out good because there's going to be maybe this is going to start of the military takeover. There's going to be some sort of military coup that uh, that uh, takes Trump uh, back into power. Yeah, so I'm really, I mean, I'm still, I'm I'm going to be interested to see what happens, you know, after Trump is, um, you know, turns himself in allegedly, and then um, and then um, the, the indictment is unsealed because we'll have more details of exactly how much trouble he might be in. Because um, I think their the QAnon community's reaction after that will be very interesting. I think there was thirty-four counts. Well, that's what I saw. Being yeah, thirty-four re- counts. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, Lindsey Graham was on was on Hannity, I think, or Ingram, with basically tears in his eyes, like you know, you, you know, how are they going to do it? And he's like, well, if you cut, 30, you know, thirty four a piece of shit into thirty four parts, then it's still a piece of shit. And it's like, whatever, man. <laughs> it's like tears in his eyes, just kind of lo- losing it. But yeah, I saw um, Baby Trump was just confused, like he he made a post and he's just like, what? 
Like I, I don't how. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they like eventually kind of deal with it. But yeah, I'm thinking the Georgia thing might be also a pretty big deal. But I've kind of become quite skeptical and cynical about you know that kind of thing. And I don't want to be one of those guys like you know jail all your enemies because it's the same kind of shit QAnon does. But you know it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think there'll be any <laughs> kind of uh, you know big uh, upsurgence like this will really empower the kind of QAnon base or just the general uh, conspiracy theory, deep state kind of narrative around that, and you know potentially another big January six type event or anything like that? Do you see anything bubbling, or is it has it kind of just simmered down and you know lost its power a bit? Well, I mean, it really depends on what Trump does. I mean, I think that, I mean, one of the things that made January 6th happen at all was the fact that um, that Trump specifically uh, told his followers, his most devoted followers, to come to D.C. on January 6th. There was going to be a wild protest. And then he fed them this false narrative about how um, Michael Pence, uh, uh, Vice President Pence, is able to uh, basically reject the um, electoral votes from states that he deems fraudulent and send it back to the states and that there's some thing that Pence can do in order to reverse the results of the election. And so those two things, you know, the fact that fact that he, you know, Trump physically summoned his, his most devoted followers to a particular place and then fed them this false narrative. That's really what led to January 6th. I mean, I don't think January 6th would happen without those two, those two kind of things. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I think would re- really, I don't think about QAnon followers is that the majority of them are real, real keyboard warriors. You know, they'll, they'll tweet and they'll, they'll, they'll post and they'll be on Gab or whatever. And they'll uh, talk about um, how they're exposing the bad guys and red pilling the normies or whatever, but they aren't really interested in, you know, putting themselves in harm's way usually. But if Trump, asks people to be at a certain time and place that's going to change the dynamic because he still has a you know uh you know the grip of a cult leader over his most devoted followers i noticed that after he um heard of the indictment coming down or whatever like he did make those posts on on truth central truth social (laughs) um about you know protest 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 now's the time take the country back and etc and there was like 20 people at trump tower and then there's like you know a thousand yeah. journalists. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think it. I mean, I think would change the dynamics that it, it needs to be instead of a vague sort of like protest command. Instead of show up this time is sometime in the near future, maybe a day that people have off at this particular place. When I guess when I guess to be really specific, then I think I think it might be more concerning. Mm. And I also like kind of wonder because he didn't pardon any of the people from January 6th, like even though he did, I believe he still had time to do that. Like he pardoned, you know, Roger Stone and what, like Mike Flynn and whoever yeah, and didn't really protect them. So maybe there's like a kind of a fear that they're, if it goes, if they do do those things that they will just get, you know, arrested and put in jail and whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, the interesting thing is that for you know Trump's most devoted followers, um, they, I mean, they still think that you know January six was a you know sort of trap or a tragic event, 
or you know everyone who got arrested was done was done so unjustly and none of this is like trump's fault and they don't really blame trump for like like they like you said for uh, not um preemptively pardoning people before they were charged for these uh, crimes so i mean i don't think that I I don't think that would be a factor, but you know, like I said, there's going to be lots of time to see how these indictments play out. So we'll see. I feel really bad for Ray Epps. Do you remember? You know, yeah, Ray, well, poor guy. Because he's like he's you know yeah, yeah, yeah. big Trump supporter. Yeah, and he's like, we're going into the Capitol, and he got filmed, and now MAGA turned on him and said he's an FBI agent, and he had to like relocate <laughs> and like get like security or whatever because they all want to kill him. Yeah, exactly. I can't, exactly. I, I can't feel too bad for him because he did actually did try to uh, encourage people to go in, inside the Capitol, not because he's sort of a, a FBI agent provocateur or anything, but just because he was an overly aggressive dumbass. <laughs> uh, but you're right. But um, he um, he did. He did as a, as a consequence of his like his is encouraging people to take those kinds of actions. He's been called the Fed or a plant or, or some sort of thing. Yeah, you know, it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's like uh, there's a, um, you know, it's, it's certainly not outside the realm of possibility that someone placed in an extremist group is a federal informant at least. Uh, you know, there are federal informants placed with the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. Um, so we recently learned that um, that the alt right troll Microchip has been acting as a federal informant since 2018. Um, so you know, it's it's one of those things that where it's like, well, I you can't really dismiss these kinds of accusations out of hand, but there's just no evidence whatsoever that this is the case in Ray Epps case. And Enrico Tario obviously um, was also head of the Proud Boys uh, was also a fed was ratting to the feds as well. Wasn't he? Yeah. 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 It, it happens a lot. And um, yes, it's always, I mean, it's always strange. Like I always get, I always get what um <laughs> I always get the sort of like the premise, the law enforcement premise of like, you know, allowing um, these extremists to like operate even while you have sort of informant inside of their group. Because the, I guess the idea is that you want to gather as much evidence as you can and see see how you can sort of like roll up the organization and see if you can, you know, get evidence that, that um, implicates sort of people higher up in the organization. But when you're like, you know, but when someone's like a federal informant for years and years and like there aren't any sort of major arrests it's like what the hell you doing now you're just sort of now you're just sort of like basically like friends with these people in these extremist organizations more or less but we'll see if there's a see if these um see if these uh federal informants um you know actually you know wind up doing good i know in the microchips case the reason why we know that he's a federal informant is because he recently testified um in the uh case of was it um was it Mackie? This um, uh, sort of a guy who is charged was who was charged with um, uh, posting these these memes that encouraged Hillary uh, Clinton voters to vote via phone, which of course didn't work. So basically, disenfranchising Hillary Clinton voters. And yeah, he was actually found guilty just today um, in a jury. Yeah, it's kind of like what Jacob Wall and um, whatever the his mate's name, uh, what they were doing, kind of around twenty twenty as well but like with these characters like microchip because i didn't really know much about this dude like i've heard him kind of mentioned by you know certain uh blue and on influencer types uh and i was kind of wondering what you think what you think about those 
kind of characters, like the the Defangos and the like Thomas Schoenbergers and all these people after the fact um, of the Q drops and you know the you know the golden era of QAnon. Like, what do you kind of think about these the, these people that have come forward after the fact and in you know tried to be kind of influences in, in in the field later on like what do you what do you reckon yeah uh, yeah yeah you know there are there are a lot of smarter reporters than me who sort of like try to um uh make sense of the claims of a lot of these larpers um that uh, have sort of like who have been active in the, in the course of the last several years and what they may or may not have done um microchip for example famously um tried to take credit for authoring the very first q drops and he did this through a uh report on uh, one american news which was done by jack posabiak um and um his i mean is 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 evidence were these sort of these clearly doctored and fake um discord chats and um and then that that the other issue is that that OAN report has actually since been deleted from their website without explanation. Um, so it's just, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's one of those things, it's one of those things where like, it's like, well, this guy is microchip. He's like, he's clearly a, um, he's clearly a bullshitter. He's open about how he, he's, he's fine with spreading disinformation. He's not really adherent to the truth. So in one sense that makes him perfectly qualified to be involved in early QAnon because this does involve a lot of nonsense and disinformation and sort of like, you know, riling people up in order to support Trump, but at the same time that calls into question his initial claims. And um, yeah, like no news outlet has, has picked up the, the, the claim that microchip was directly involved in the first Q drops um, just because no one was able to verify this according to typical journalistic standards. Now you can't rule it out, you know, uh, but uh, it's one of those things where it's just, no one has able been able to verify that. I mean, there's certain things that like micro microchip could have done in order to um, aid the verification. For example, he could have um, invited a journalist into the discord chat where supposedly Q was created. That would, that would allow people to not have to rely upon these screenshots or videos of the supposed Discord chat. It could be verified independently. Of course, he didn't do that, and I suspect it's because this whole story was uh, was bullshit. Hmm. I'm glad you brought up like <clears throat> characters like Defango and um, and uh, Schoenberger and Star Thomas Schoenberger. Um, so you know, I, I've recently I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole myself on like. Um, in Q into the storm, they they kind of outline a bit of this um, this online alternative reality game called Cicada three three zero one. I just recently went back and listened to you got your guys episode on on that, um, and it's I mean it's absolutely fascinating. This like all these really intricate clues that are laid out. Um, but the reason bringing that up is I kind of recently. Um, unironically went down the rabbit hole of falling just very temporarily kind of almost um entertaining some of these ideas uh expressed through like blue, blue and on thinking um thinking that they might be getting a bit conspiratorial kind of in in, a, in the other direction um of q anon I'm, I'm wondering i i had no idea about this phenomenon of blue and on uh i i brought it up to owen owen kind of filled me in but i was wondering whether you could um give us a bit of a overview of what blue and on is because i i would be wouldn't be surprised if the audience has no idea 
Sure. Yeah. Blue Anon is um, a name given to, I guess, a more liberal version of conspiracist thinking um, that in many ways resembles QAnon. I'll be clear. I don't want to I want to draw like a false equivalence. I don't I don't think that what they often call uh, Blue Anon is like as pervasive or nearly as dangerous as as QAnon. But it is sort of an interesting kind of uh, conspiracist thinking. I also kind of hate the term uh, Blue Anon just because of the way it's been kind of like hijacked by people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who uses the term sometimes to basically, you know, uh, accuse anyone um, to the left of her of, you know, um, but 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 yeah, generally when I say Blue Anon, we usually refer to this phenomenon that actually emerged during the Mueller investigation. And there, there are lots of influencers like uh, Louise Bench and um, and uh, people in her in her sort of orbit who were assuring people that it was a certainty that uh, uh, that um, that Mueller was going to indict Trump for colluding with the Russians and that he was a criminal and that he would obviously be impeached and jailed for all of the uh, horrible treason that he committed. And, um, you know, this resembles QAnon a little bit because there's this element of prophecy, this feeling that, oh, I have I have inside esoteric knowledge about what's really going to happen. And there's also this this element of like all, all the all the bad guys you hate are going to be jailed. There's going to be removed from the political chessboard so we don't have to worry about them again. And then everyone will see how evil uh, the, the bad guys are. Um, so it really emerged in like in, since then. But it's really I mean, it's, it's just continued. Since then, there are people who believe, for example, that that uh, the 2016 election was stolen as part of some sort of plot between the Russians and uh, Trump and, and other forces. And that 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 particular election was stolen from Hillary um, and that these kinds of things. So, yeah, it's 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 just sort of like it's the same kind of um, interesting kind of wish casting, the belief that, you know, I just have to. Um, basically post and tweet and post on on social media about how evil these bad guys are and then they'll be exposed and then after they're exposed they'll all go to jail and then all of a sudden fascism will no longer be a threat in the world mm. which i only it just doesn't work that way yeah i don't think you can i mean i think social media is obviously very powerful and influential but there are limits to it. I don't think you can necessarily post all your ways out of your uh, political problems. Mm. So where my conspiratorial kind of um, mind kind of came in was I went back and I was looking at uh, uh, re re looking over the MK Ultra phenomenon and how so much of that you know is legit. It really happened. What um, these horrendous kind of uh, experiments on people um, and f- and from there you know trying to trying to create mind control and stuff and i guess contextualizing that back into QAnon, the the thought process of maybe maybe QAnon is actually this um complex kind of psyop uh aimed to um divide people against each other and then when you kind of destroy democracy yeah exactly exactly so it's 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 a government of the idea is it's you know, they, they claim that Q is a government operative, but uh, the the other conspiracy uh, side of things would be, no, this is a government operation in another way, more like a giant um, mass delusion, uh, MK Ultra mind control thing um, to plot people against each other. So Q is actually in that narrative still not a not a real figure, but um, but it's a, a, a bigger web um 
which kind of ties into things like, you know, you look at the Cicada 3301 online alternative reality game where it is just all these breadcrumbs and, and getting people to uh, all over the world to kind of drop their lives and, and dedicate an unhealthy amount of time to trying to crack this code, try to crack this puzzle and literally even travel around the world for, for this um, bizarre online game for geniuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you're you're really touching on like one of the things that made QAnon successful was the fact that it is a is a gamified experience, uh, somewhat. The the idea that you know it's it's, it's really extraordinary. It's, it's participatory. And it's mm. that's so much it's so different than a lot of the um, other kind of conspiracy theories. And um, it is is interesting when you kind of, when you look at the previous um, kind of like uh, think previous sort of like insider nons that resembled QAnon. Uh, thinking like like FBI, FBI anon, the mega anon, and sometimes these entities would engage in what they call Q and A's, um, which which like the fans of these people who these other sort of anons on the 4chan who claim to be government insiders with secret knowledge, they would ask questions and then the FBI anon or mega anon would, would answer them back. You know, QAnon kind of flipped that uh, its head because QAnon asked the questions and then you know they asked asked you know they it was supposedly uh, providing ways of of investigating or you know things to google search um that sort of drew people in and really got them activated and i think you know the yeah i was just gonna say sorry travis like the thing for me is that you know if occam's razor applies to pretty much everything from for, for me you know and the and the simplest kind of thing is as you know a lot of people that have studied this is it's just kind of shit posting that got really out of hand. Like you had all the, all the different anons as, as, as you know, in the beginning, like uh, kind of trying it out on, on 4chan and what like Nachan uh, and it just didn't take off, but Q did, you know, like it, yeah, it's just, it's just a lot simpler to me than, um, than I think any of those kind of, you know, conspiratorial, View, viewpoints make it out to be but when you've got something like cicada 3301 and uh you know i think this man thomas schoenberger is meant to be behind that he's a uh quite a weird um composer online and he seems to actually have pulled off uh at a much smaller scale the target audience was far more narrow um you know when you when you do see things like that you can kind of understand how a much dumber version could be successful, you know, a much more just like chuck salt and pepper, you know, salt and sugar in the mix, just like make it much more accessible, much more broad, much, much dumber, just like the junk, junk food version of something like that could take off. I mean, do any of those kind of theories, I mean, have, have any of you guys entertained any of those theories over at uh, QAnon Anonymous or is it pretty transparently just nonsense? <laughs> I, I would I would not say it's transparently nonsense. Uh, um, what I what I would say is that um, that world of LARPers, we I mean there are, like I said there are lots of journalists who have looked into it who I've talked to who've really attempted to verify the claims that there is a specific group of people who conspired to create QAnon and they just haven't been able to really get there. Like I said, there's a um episode I mean, there's an episode of q into the storm that talks about the cicada connection and thomas mm. schoenberger that's episode five uh so they do they Great do episode. talk about that 
Yeah, yeah, is is yeah, is very fascinating. But uh, but man, there's a there's like there's really difficult to find um, any evidence beyond beyond sort of an early amplification role. You know, um, there's a case in the case, for example, Tracy Diaz, uh, one of the very first uh, what they called QTubers who promoted uh, QAnon, you know, all the way back in like November of 2017 when it was just like a week old. She previously was into Cicada. So, um, so, so, you know, th- there may be a connection in that, you know, if you are someone who is a uh, cicada, people are very much into, you know, internet mysteries, uh, mysterious, you know, so sort of esoteric puzzles and you provide the same kind of thing. It, it is really difficult to kind of separate the degree to which something is part of a, you know, a sophisticated strategy. And something is part of like, you know, what, what, how much of it is just plain old, you know, cult-like grifting and how much of it is shitposting. And I have to feel like there's some combination of all those three elements that sort of made QAnon happen. Uh, but how much of each is kind of difficult to discern because it's all anonymous. And this is, I mean, this is a problem we have with, you know, um, Bitcoin, for example, uh, you know, it's like it's like no one knows exactly the person who um, came up with the blockchain technology that made Bitcoin there because they were anonymous. And there's some theories about who uh, Satoshi uh, Nakamoto really is, um, but um, but no one's no one's quite sure it is for us. I mean, there's like there's some there's there's some evidence that that it feels like it really is at least the early days. It was a, a shit poster who was um, sort of just taking a lot of um, themes that were on the poll board uh, on 4chan and just integrating them into um, into Q rather than any part of like sophisticated operation. And one of the lines of evidence was the was the um, Mueller white hat theory. And this was something that was promoted in the in the early days of Q, which claimed that, oh, you know, um, Robert Mueller met with Trump right before he, you know, right before he was uh, elected or went to office. And then he has a military background and a lot of people, he was kind of, he was hinting at this idea that actually Robert Mueller was investigating Hillary and actually Robert Mueller was a good guy. He was a white hat and he was, he was going to arrest all of Trump's enemies. And if you are, if you are trying to run an operation that um, that is supportive of the Trump administration and you want to, uh, you want to get people to, um, uh, believe what you know, believe you know, but all of all of Trump's enemies are good, and all of Trump's um, uh, you know opponents are evil. Then why on earth would you encourage people to think that Robert Mueller, a guy who's investigating Trump, who's like you know who's like uh, who is uh, indicting all of his friends, is a good guy? It doesn't really make any sense. But if you look at earlier uh, posts and poll, the white hat theory was constantly repeated. There were lots of people who were saying, hey, it's Robert Mueller, our guy on a uh, on poll. The, the, the Mueller white hat theory was sort of like um, very popular on 4chan before Q came along, which is evidence that uh, whoever helped make those early Q drops was just sort of integrated into the 4chan 4chan culture, and they really weren't that interested in in sort of promoting a narrative that was uh, supportive of the Trump administration necessarily. Now, that's just one strain of evidence, but I thought it was very interesting because it's just the idea that you would um, portray Robert Mueller as a good guy is totally inconsistent with any kind of campaign that would uh, be supportive of Trump. Of course, no, no one, no one who is like likes Trump 
with uh with a try to portray Robert Mueller as a hero. But if you were a 4chan shit poster, you would. Mm. And it's bad press, you know, like he for two years or whatever it was, two and a half years uh, that the investigation was going on. It's just like bad press, you know, it's like all over the, all, all the media and all that kind of stuff. And then I guess maybe some vindication that they felt at the end of it was that it kind of went out with a little bit of a fizzle, you know, like Muller was kind of not very good in, you know, in those kind of congressional hearings or whatever, Bill Barr kind of came out ahead of it. And so it didn't really do anything. So maybe they felt kind of vindicated, in, you know, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. But that was, that was, you know, after the investigation was completed. I mean, like the first Q drops were in 2017, like just as, the, just as um, they were ramping up. In fact, the very first Q drop I remember was like, like would happen to be posted the day after the uh, first indictments related to the, or at least the, the indictments of his campaign manager, of Trump's campaign manager. So I thought, always thought that was interesting timing. I was trying, uh, that was like one way I was trying to like, you know, one line of sort of like investigation and try and tie Q uh, to Trump directly. But certainly no one, no one has um, made that, that accusation stick to in a way that's that sort of like, solid enough and uh, convincing enough for any serious outlet to stake the reputation on. And also just after the time that he let go of Mike Flynn. Right. Like it was just around like, well, no, actually it was like, I have to look this, look this one up because I think that was actually several months before. Okay. With, um, I mean, bringing up Mike Flynn. Oh, yeah, Michael Flynn, yeah. So, yeah, Michael Flynn resigned in February of 2017, and the first Q drops appeared in November of 2017. Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, bringing up Mike Flynn, so another thing that was kind of, you know, getting me thinking around this weird train of thought of whether QAnon was a psyop kind of thing <laughs> was um, you mentioned also that, that episode five of um, Q Into the Storm, which I've had to go back and watch multiple times because it's so dense but i mean one of the figures that um cullen hoback uh brings up is this retired army general called paul valerie which was um he kind of illustrated he's basically the the author of the book on psyops and then this guy's coming out and um promoting um you know QAnon constantly then you, you you've also got people like mike Mike Flynn, who's, um, you know, disgraced uh, army general, is he? The, uh, uh, He's a four-star general, four, yeah. I think, and, but he was the DIA right, um, right. under Obama, and Obama mm. let him go because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And I think but, the one thing he said, one of the things he said to Trump in the Oval Office was, don't hire Mike Flynn. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah. definitely hire Mike Hiring Flynn. Him. But yeah. so you've got like Paul Vallelie, uh promoting it who wrote the book on PSYOP. You've got Mike Flynn, you know, piece of shit whatever <laughs> but he's also promoting it you know when you get when you get these high profile ex army generals and stuff kind of promoting this stuff uh part part of me is almost you remember the disclosure project when all these ex army people are coming out um speaking in favor of ufo's and that all of a sudden gave it so much more cred you know the ufo phenomenon like it's no longer just people in the streets saying they saw things in the sky these are ex military people and it gives gives cred so I mean, what, what, what do you think are the motives of these high-ranking people who have had long, you know, good 
careers, an incredible resume uh, behind them that are coming out and toting QAnon stuff. What, what, what do you think the motive is behind those people? Good question. You know, I think that there's a pretty strong correlation between working in uh, military intelligence or intelligence ger- generally and conspiracist thinking. Mm. Um, because, it, I mean, like, you know, trying to um, make sense. I mean, military intelligence ob- obviously in, in, involves essentially, you know, gathering information into a particular place and then trying to make sense of it. And that can um, when it's done, even when it's done properly, it can sort of resemble conspiracist thinking. But you're right. I mean, there have been there have been uh, lots of people who are you know former former government officials who have been promote promote QAnon. Another one I always thought was interesting was Michael Shore, and this is the guy who was a former CIA operative, and uh, he actually was um, on the team that was like searching for Bin Laden. Uh, that uh, so he was. And but he wound up uh, promoting QAnon, um, like you mentioned, like uh, uh, Paul Valley. You say that he wrote the book on PSYOP. So what, what he actually wrote, he co-authored. This is this is interesting. A night, a brief seven-page 1980 um, um, paper called "From From PSYOP to Mind War" with uh, Michael Aquino, who is a another sort of a a PSYOP officer who served in the Vietnam War. And he is a fascinating character myself because he's a Satanist who broke away from the main church of Satan, formed the Temple of Set. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, so he wound up – this this particular paper, you know, the funny thing is – the funny thing is that if you actually look how um, – how influential this particular paper is it's not, not very if you check uh, if you check the google scholar rank it's been cited about um about uh, about 13 times over the course of 40 years whereas like actually actually in influential kind of papers that people that that, that the military uh, like recommends and is, and is influential that can get hundreds of citations um but uh yeah i mean i i think i think it's a really more I think I think the explanation for that is pretty pretty mundane. I can't. It's it's really more it's more of the fact that that uh, being sort of ex military. I mean, being in uh, mil- being uh, military intelligence kind of like uh, primes you for conspiracist thinking, and the fact the fact that you know there's um, pretty strong strain of uh, people who are former military who get radicalized. I mean, that's. That's that's I think it I think it can be as simple as that. I mean, like I said, man, there, there are people who are uh, much smarter than me who've tried to investigate um, the QAnon's ties, you know, how serious QAnon's ties are to these kinds of military officials. And they couldn't really um, make connections stronger than, you know, the fact that they liked the theories and promoted them and tried to validate validate them and try to benefit from them. Hmm. And I think also it demonstrates that even, you know, relatively smart people in the military are not immune to the red pill. Yeah, that is not. Oh, yeah. In fact, I would I would go a step further in that uh, I would say that there's not really a, yeah, there's, is that being very intelligent or even being very well educated is not, does not preclude, uh, does not stop you from uh, becoming red pilled. Um, you know, I know that there is a down, down in Australia, there was a man who is a psychiatrist who um, who wound up you know, losing his license because he uh, couldn't stop posting QAnon nonsense on his blog. So oh, really? um, there's <laughs> which dude is that? <laughs> I've heard of this guy. <laughs> who, who is that, Travis? Yeah, let me double check his name. I've probably seen him on Twitter or something. Oh, here it is. 
Yes, Dr. Russell McGregor, Sydney psychiatrist, who uh, yeah, who ha- had his uh, ability to practice medicine revoked because uh, in uh, 2020 because he couldn't stop posting QAnon nonsense. So yeah, I mean, it's like it's like what, yeah, being a being a smart person or being a well-educated person, even being an influential person doesn't stop you from um falling down the rabbit hole you know it can it can provide it's it's satisfying for uh lots of ways and you know it's like i've i've met i've met people who are very very smart who uh who were able to um you know who are QAnon believers it's just it's just that QAnon provided them with a sense of meaning that they weren't able to get elsewhere hmm. which made me um i sent you a few clips because we were talk, we wanted to talk a little bit about how you know QAnon has become a bit of a, an American export to you know Western to some Western countries and even to you know Japan and South Korea and things yeah, I like think that. Japan's got a big QAnon <laughs> faction, mm. doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's de- it's definitely um, it's definitely made its way into Australia. You know, I've been to a few of those, covered a few of the freedom rallies, which are basically the um, anti lockdown anti-covid kind of broadly speaking rallies that went down here but a lot of trump you know not uncommon to see trump flags not uncommon to hear a lot of QAnon rhetoric being um parroted in in australia which is which is pretty funny yeah and so, so that clip that i sent uh travis of the the guy with the uh very uh chafed up skin talking about the recent uh indictment and kind of alluding to almost the QAnon 10 days of darkness. Guru. Guru. Shout out to Guru. Anyway, so guys, I just want to, yeah, put it out there. All right, we've been saying to you that it's getting close to shit, okay? If Trump's indictment's correct, which I believe it is, um, we are about to see some shit, (laughs) okay? So get ready for it. I hope you're all prepared. We may lose this uh, internet, guys. All right. We lose the internet, well then, you know, we got to work out, you know, what's going on. Okay, that doesn't mean we're going to lose, lose phones and shit, but they are going to stop us from communicating. But yeah, here we go, guys. I would say here we go. Okay, so get ready. If it goes down, don't react. panic. Don't react, activate. Yeah, yeah, activate, don't react, all right? We all get together in our little communities, all right? We start talking, all right? We know what we got to do. Yeah, every library, Saturday, 9 o'clock, our meeting point, guys, all right? What, what were your thoughts on, on, on that? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, um, I mean, it's pretty, pretty typical, I got to say, of the, the reaction so far. Like I said, I saw a lot of QAnon followers reference that boomerang post. They believe, believe that there's, you know, this is all evidence that actually Trump's enemies are about to be arrested. I mean, it's, it's. It's so frustrating because they're stuck in this narrative. They're stuck in this world in which uh, their, you know, their victory is assured in no amount of evidence. I mean, it's like even if he goes to prison, even if like Hillary Clinton, you know, lives a long life and dies in her bed surrounded by her loved ones, they're still going to believe that, you know, justice is coming. Mm. Yeah, I think that uh, R- Ricardo Bozzi as well is a, another one. I think he's had something to do with the military. He's He's an Australian... Uh, freedom fighter who who yeah very much um parrots uh i don't know that guy kind of scares me to be honest he I, yeah like i said i think he's uh, worked in the military i think he's also kind of tried to create his own political party but he's, yeah they they absolutely lost it at the yeah, last they got yeah. thirteen thousand votes out of like 
right mil, you know out of millions so they, but he he kind of promote is promotes ideas of you know like we're all watching a movie you know this is all it's <laughs> all actors and movies and and um uh, many of your people may have heard that donald trump is about to be arrested now first question is why would this be telegraphed to the world well there's a reason for that they want people to watch but why is trump going to be arrested well let me answer it this way you've heard of predicting programming you know that They've been showing us movies for years, and then when it actually happens in, for reality, there is no surprise. It's called predictive programming. Go back a few, a little while. Do you remember when Mar-a-Lago, Trump's estate, was raided by the FBI? There was a shock and horror, and how dare they? You shouldn't do this. See, the first time anything happens, people get very agitated and very exercised over it. But the purpose of that, it was a setup too. You're watching a show. Please buy your, your, your soft drink and your popcorn and watch the show. The reason they did that to Trump, and it was a complete setup, was so they wanted to target Biden and then go through his stuff. So when they went through Biden's um, papers, there was no surprise and shock from the people because psychologically they'd already watched Trump get raided. And so they say, well, if Trump got raided, then fair enough, let's go. If they want to uh, investigate Biden and, and go through his papers, then you know, no problem. The same thing is happening now. Now, work it out for yourself. See if you can put the last piece into place. Trump's about to be arrested. Why? In order to begin the arrests of the others. Do you see how it works? Now, the guy actually being arrested won't be Trump. He's a double. That's part of the game, too. But they have to arrest Trump so people, the normies out there, will go through the shock, horror, oh, my God, that's terrible, and it's over, what, Stormy Daniels? <laughs> please. But they'll get that psychological shock. They'll get that out of the way. And then when Biden gets arrested, they'll go, oh, yeah, that's fair enough, because they arrested Trump last month. So they're going to arrest Biden this month and Obama and Clinton and Pelosi and all of them. The arrests are starting. That's what they're trying to show you. That's why Trump is being arrested. Yeah, it's uh, that guy speaks with a lot of aggressive conviction, which for me kind of my alarm bells ring a lot, a lot, um, a lot stronger with that guy. He just seems very much an an extremist. Not, I don't think he's done anything um, extreme other than just rhetoric and stuff. But it looks, I can see it in his eyes. It looks like he's got it in him. <laughs> yeah, and he, I think he knows that. You know, even getting those thirteen to fifteen thousand votes or whatever, it's something. You know, that's a lot of people that are voting for this dude, and he seems to kind of be very on message and what did you think uh there was another clip i sent you travis of of him uh the trump flyover he's giving a speech um and he claims he's like look everything's going fine everything's going fine we are winning we will win everything you know even though it seems kind of you know like things aren't going great for us we are definitely winning and you know there's proof that you know there was a direct trump flyover i think he said a trump flyover at their event. We are winning. For those who can know what to look for, we are winning. The signs are there. You've just got to see it. You're not going to get a news flash saying, oh, by the way, Freedom Fighters winning, corporate bastards losing. <laughs> not going to happen. Now, who saw the message, potential message, I'm not going to say it definitively was, who saw the message from Donald J. Trump as we were marching up the road? You didn't see it. Who saw a C-130J fly exactly along our path and then do an arcing left-hand corner over the parliament? 
Now, a gentleman came up behind me and said, here's the track he's been following since he took off. And it came straight from his point of origin, up our path, around Palm, went straight back home again. That plane had no purpose other than to let you know, and I've mentioned this before, we do what we do with our modest capabilities, and there are much more powerful international forces at play that are working with us to help us win. So, folks, be happy. <laughs> we got this, and we are closer than you know. Again, it just seems very, very kind of QAnon adjacent, and it just seems like it's just a kind of shittier Aussie version mm. using all the same tropes and shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, that sounds actually a lot like something I heard at the um, recent Reckoning Fest event in Frisco, Texas, because there were, there was, I saw, I spoke, I heard a woman speak who claimed that she heard over, um, a uh, mic over a walkie-talkie near the U.S. Capitol building, that someone said, um, "You know, please get ready for something roughly. This, please get ready for Trump and Kennedy to leave the building," and the the belief that either that Kennedy, either junior or senior, they, they she didn't specify, was somehow you know somehow in the Capitol building for some reason and with Trump for some reason. Uh, you know, is 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 kind of like nonsense beliefs that like, you know, the powerful people are like, you know, are like, you know, around you and making moves, you know, secretly. Mm. With this, it, it's kind of funny how, you know, a lot of these ideas have um, just made a massive, you can call it QAnon, but, you know, the, these kinds of ideas have been going around for ages. I used to be very unironically a conspiracy theorist when I was like in my early 20s. I think me and Owen shared some similar kind of ideas around 2012. And I mean, I'm still on board with the aliens um, and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, have... It, it, it spreads its tendrils throughout, you know, definitely throughout Australia, throughout so many countries. And it seems a lot more people are entertaining these ideas um, more than ever. Uh, yeah, obviously COVID has had a lot to do with that. But yeah, I was also wondering, you know, kind of in a culture war context as well, there, there seems to be a lot of failures from, from the left that seem to be allowing a lot of what may have just been like rational people think, man, all this leftist stuff is getting so bullshit that um, I'm I'm just gonna like jump jump on board the, these right wing ideologies and stuff. Do Do you have any um, thoughts on on kind of I don't know may, maybe the failures of left left talking heads or politicians that have actually allowed these other ideas to kind of permeate so easily? Yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, what, what really, um, what really believe makes people believe in these conspiracies ideas it, often is that they feel like they have no power or influence or what they do, you know, can't matter. And I feel like if, like if, you know, if the, if they keep voting year after year and they feel like there actually isn't any material progress being made in their own lives, then um, they tr is, that's very difficult to reconcile with sort of a positive view of like, you know, 
liberal democracy because it's just not working. You know, you know, mm. you you vote, you vote, and just doesn't feel like even when people that you vote for win, uh, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of me- meaningful progress being made. And so, in order to sort of resolve that cognitive dissonance, you might wind up telling yourself a story that um, that uh, it, this is because you know a there's just a, a handful of conspirators who are just very much determined to make the lives of people like me worse. And then in order to avoid falling into despair, then uh, you might wind up believing in something like QAnon, which tells you that, well, you know, you're you're right. We're going to validate your feelings that um, things are shit because there are evil, powerful people who are pulling the strings, who aren't really the politicians. We're just sort of like, you know, making who are sort of making the real shots. Um, but but fortunately, I've got good news. All the bad guys you hate are going to get arrested. And also there's uh, there are people in the military who are going to sweep away all of your um, uh, your political villains. And then people will uh, all the conspiracy theories you believe will be proven true and the world's eyes will 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 open. There'll be a great awakening and all of your friends who called you crazy and stupid will come running and apologizing. You know, that that winds up being a very appealing story. If uh, yeah, if, like I said, if you have totally lost any faith in the political system at all, as a consequence of there being very little or no meaningful progress in your life. Mm. When I was younger, it seemed that uh, a lot of the lefties were the conspiracy theorists. You know, I, I, you know, think people like George Carlin and Bill Hicks are cutting through the truth, and the fucking government doesn't have your best interests at heart. And, and you know, the, it, it seemed like a lot more kind of lefty. Um, talking point to entertain these like much more conspiratorial kind of uh you know a lot of it true though you know in, oh, totally, in, like totally. george carlin like yeah. he, he's nailing it you yeah, know, yeah, most yeah. of the time totally like. but it, it's interesting how it has kind of flipped completely on its head where um you know there's been so much more radicalization around conspiracy theories and mainstreaming of it uh, which seems to have come so much more from the right wing that a lot of the the lefties now seem to be really almost like simping for the government you know <laughs> like really oh, like liberals i, I think right. like would be the definition like a lot of like leftist leftists are a lot more you know inclined to be critical of um you know like the the democratic party because mm, mm. It, they're not doing much and they don't play the same game as the Republicans. So progress doesn't really happen. And so people, um, liberals will come at leftists claiming that, you know, that they're the people, you know, that they're kind of somehow on the side of the Republicans or, you know, kind of right wing because they're not just like, yeah, like simping for Biden or whatever. And they're, you know, more likely to critique Mm-hmm. You know, because, which is what you should do. Like you can't, even though I would prefer, you know, uh, Biden to be in power or um, over here, Anthony Albanese, like the Labor Party to be in power. It doesn't mean that they're like immune from uh, criticism because, yeah. you know, they're not doing a fucking lot. And it's like incredibly frustrating, but that's part of the infighting that happens on the kind of, you know, left-wing liberal side of politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it is really interesting. Yeah, that yeah, I don't know if it was kind of like a kind of as a consequence of the Mueller investigation and feeling like Trump was such a threat. There are lots of Democrats and liberals who uh, who all of a sudden just love the FBI. It was right. not, it's not like the FBI. 
was was you know was uh, going to sweep up and do all these heroic things against uh, the evil Trump. Of course, I feel like you know it's like you look at the history of the FBI; they were like you know infiltrating and breaking up um, leftist groups and, and um, doing you know. Uh, doing lots lots of horrible things and like when we talk about the deep state i mean j edgar hoover uh you know long time um uh fbi director really was the deep state he was a guy who had who had more power than a lot of members of congress and presidents um but so it's uh it's very you know it is very, very strange to all of a sudden you know <laughs> for uh for liberals um all of a sudden to love the federal police force and um, and um, and um, and because they believe that Trump was such a threat, there's also this weird belief that you know basically, I mean, it's like once you start once you start thinking that the solution to the country's problems involve arresting uh, the, the the politicians, you think you've done it bad done bad, then basically you've you've kind of like given up on liberal democratic principles because you think that all right, we just need some sort of authoritarian force within the government to like sweep away the bad guys rather than relying upon the kind of democratic process. Cause you think that the democratic process has fucked up so badly that you need, uh, you basically need the federal police force to come in and fix it for you. And, um, that's, um, that's, I don't think that's necessarily a, 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 just a, just a right wing belief anymore. I mean, there's, a, I, I'm really worried about this phenomenon of people thinking that, uh, they can, arrest away the problems of the country it's like it's just a matter of like locking up the right powerful people and obviously i i i would i would very be very happy to see trump face some kind of serious consequences it baffles me that he has reached the ripe old age of 76 with no criminal record mm -hmm. uh but uh but but the but that's only as a matter of like feeling you know there needs to be some kind of justice be done there needs to be kind some kind of break in this tradition of like elite immunity that sort of allowed many many people um to do horrible things and because they're powerful and get away with it but um i don't tell myself that like well if trump's arrested then this will somehow lead to a healing of the country and the the, the serious problems it faces will somehow recede i honestly think that if trump is like arrested this will cause perhaps more strife but uh, I, I still think it was a good thing just for broad sort of ideas of like equal justice. But um, yeah, the, this idea that um, that serious problems can be solved by arresting the right people, I think, is you know kind of kind of naive. Mm. Yeah, and it and it just is the same kind of thing that you know again going back to the you know QAnon kind of thing. Let's just arrest all of our enemies, and everything will just enter this utopian stage of of you know the world or, or or america and everything will be yeah like swept away and we'll just clean slate it up but then it's like um you know on the kind of right-wing side of things it's like if trump does get arrested and this is i see this all the time on fox is, is just like well what about hillary the emails and it's like the emails man like come on it's like it's old shit like it's like seven eight nine whatever years ago and as you said like with you know obama like what about obamagate i still don't even know what obamagate is um <laughs> but like that's kind of what what i see would would happen if if trump were to yeah receive some kind of yeah get arrested and get an ankle bracelet or whatever which is as you say yeah, not you ideal. Know, no it's not <laughs> uh, but you know no i think i think one of the things that like you know Mm -hmm. you know, people might might have a good case. It's like, well, it's like, well, why, 
well, why exactly are they busting Trump over this petty like campaign finance, you know, paying off a porn star for with hush money kind of thing? Where whereas that we're George W. Bush, a man who like you know misled the country into a war that led to the deaths of a million Iraqis and caused, you know, the again further horrible strife in, in, in the Middle East. He has no threat of being arrested, even though that that action is obviously much, much worse yeah. than uh, than the action that uh, Trump is being indicted for. Well, at least that, that we know of so far. The you know the indictment has been been unsealed. I don't know. Maybe maybe he maybe he killed a million and one Iraqis, and that'll be discovered in the sealed indictment for Trump. <laughs> do, you, but, um, do you remember George Bush doing that Freudian slip when he was kind of addressing I don't know a big room of people talking about how Ukraine has been unjustly invaded, and he accidentally said Iraq instead of Ukraine. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, my God. That was that was absurd. That was that like, was amazing. Geez, it was that was it was a it was a weird funny thing. I felt like I remember the crowd caught it too. They had this nervous chuckle go, oh, go throughout the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, uh, In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Iraq, too. Anyway. uh, (laughs) 75. Uh, That was it. That was amazing. (laughs) Are you totally right? Like, Bush, Bush and Cheney, like... Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, if, I think yeah. Henry Kissinger, man, is mm. still alive, oh. still uncharged. <laughs> exactly. Hor- horrible, horrible. But he, he's still invited to weird think tanks and stuff, and people listen to like Kissinger. Uh, uh, just, just you're right. Is is absolutely absurd. But but like I said, when they're in. In like the U.S., there's been this tradition of like elite immunity. Once you get to a certain level of power, then there's this sort of like feeling. There's this. I feel like the justice system wasn't really willing to go after you because it would appear to be political. Because other, other, unless you like you know perfectly balance the political indictments, then it would feel like you're doing politics through law enforcement. And um, so I think I think they were generally reluctant to do that, even 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 like even though Obama was like, you know, he was who was like, you know, wasn't willing to talk about, um, you know, whether or not, you know, W. Bush was should, you know, face serious consequences for Iraq or anything like that. There's a sense of just moving on or like even going back to like Watergate, you know, he was um, uh, he was a pardon, you know. (laughs) Uh, for 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 Watergate because there is a sense well oh, no no we need to move on you know Ford said we need to move on from this and just uh, you know go to the next phase and this idea that yeah there's like once you get to that point you know it just it just it's not there's no real precedent for you suffering for any consequences for anything you do mm. but um, but yeah no, Trump is such a uniquely unpleasant person to <laughs> to uh, you know uh, generally. That uh, that uh, he, I felt like he was uh, managed to break that tradition of elite immunity. Mm. Yeah, and I think he did. He has done so many things blatantly that it just it does get to the point where it's kind of a little bit ridiculous that 
you know, the Georgia thing, the top secret documents, but then, you know, the people say that, well, Biden had documents too and Obama had some in a bowling alley and fucking rah, rah, rah. Um, and he has just pissed off so many people. And, I mean, there yeah. may be some political elements to it. Like, I think if he got back in, it would just be a revenge fest for four years and he would do crazy shit. Like, bomb Mexico was a recent thing he was talking about. Like, um, When he gets back in, by the way. When, yeah. when he gets back in. <laughs> yeah. And you can actually, like, run from jail. I don't think he's going to get put in jail, but mm. there is, like, a precedent for that. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. But I see people, Travis, like calling for Biden to pardon Trump. You know, that would unite the country if he did that. I don't fucking think it would. Um, one one rule for the rich and powerful, another for the rest of us. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Glenn Maxwell got like, it what, would... 10 years? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, it, I, think, I think it would further reinforce this idea that, you know, it really is a, a, a big club and you're just not in it. Just, you know, like a, I think a Carlin quote. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see, I don't see that happening. I don't see Biden doing that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Travis, just a couple of funny things I wanted to bring up with you. Um, you were abused by Jim Watkins at one of these rallies, weren't you? Yeah, I sure was. Yeah. I went to, <laughs> went to a uh, Trump rally in, uh, in Arizona and I happened to see Ron and Jim Watkins there. And, um, when I, you know, I introduced myself yeah, he uh, he started swearing at me and he threatened to punch me in the face, and um, he um, he called me a shit ass. So um, shit but, ass. Yeah, yeah, burn, bro. It's such a bo- boomer <laughs> insult. But uh, it's yeah, it's funny. It's like apparently he thought I was someone, or he thought I was doing something I wasn't doing, like doxing his family or, or threatening him or something like that. Um, so then when he was informed that I. I don't, I don't do any of that bullshit. Uh, he sent me a, a apology video, which was, you know, I appreciated. Yeah, oh, that's quite, that. that's quite sweet. Of him, <laughs> yeah. really. is is that the only interaction you've had had with Jim over the years? Yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yes. I, I have not, I have not communicated with him privately. Right. Uh, so my so, so far, so far, my only interaction with him was that that one time when he sort of cussed me out. He sent me that apology video, and then I, and then afterwards, I, I met up with the game. I met up with him again and I shook his hand and he uh he apologized again. So that was that was my that that day in Arizona was uh, the total of all my interactions with Jim Watkins mm, so mm. far. Yeah. He's an interesting character. I had him I actually had him on this podcast uh a while a while ago which was a very unusual experience and he ended up sending me uh his his book <laughs> his his book that he authored signed saying um uh what did he say he's like uh, something about the state of Australia has fallen and stay strong and <laughs> we have fallen. Did you get any honey? Did I didn't get any uh acorn honey, no. Bummer. But, but. Yeah, this it's funny, yeah. They sell the I think they call it like honey pot honey and it's based on a joke that uh, you know they ate because it's such an extremist gathering place of some kind of federal honey pot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, it's quite creative. Um, so I was going to just, I just wanted to bring up uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene because as I understand it, you, you've had a, an interesting uh, interaction with her about uh, the blocking on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, I've been following her since, um, since like mid uh, 2020 when she was just a primary candidate in her district in Georgia, because I knew as so I was like, Oh man, here's a QAnon follower. 
who actually maybe has a shot at getting into uh, getting into office. And then I I watched her. Um, I mean, I followed the night of her primary live, and then she won the primary. I was like, oh, she's she's gonna win. It's such a heavily Republican district. She's gonna be a QAnon one-time QAnon uh, promoter who's gonna be elected into office. And um, I just tweeted about it. And then one day she wound up blocking me. This was before she was sworn in. Well, I you know after she was sworn in, um, you know I I realized that like it's not. You know, it's, it's a violation of the First Amendment. So we've learned uh, for a someone who for a government official who uses the government platform to block you on that platform. So um, so the, the law basically basically says and the, this law was tested a couple times. It was um, it was uh, it was uh, it was used against Trump. It was also used against um, AOC, you know, Congresswoman. And um, and um, yeah, so the, the law basically says that like so if someone uses their account for like personal reasons, even if they're a government official, they 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 don't have to block you. But if there are any sort of any kind of like government communications on that platform, even if it's a personal personal account, then you can't block anyone because it's like preventing citizens apparently from accessing your uh sort of like government kind of announcements. So yeah, so what wound up happening is that I got got in touch with a lawyer based in Seattle. Who wrote up a very threatening letter? Who said that uh, if Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't um, unblock me by um, by February first, twenty twenty, that I would be forced to vindicate my rights in court. <laughs> and unfortunately, it didn't come to that. Um, she wound up unblocking me. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was a fun experience. That was I, I call it my yeah my brief but fruitful civil rights battle. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> I loved it. Like I remember yeah hearing about uh, you talking about it on the podcast, and I was just. I just thought it was incredible. It Good incredible. work. It's something she would do as well, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mrs. Free Speech. Yeah, totally. She's just badgering people constantly. Like when she was like out the front of AOC's de- uh, uh, door, oh. like yelling through her like <laughs> letterbox and stuff. Oh, she's a, and, she's a stain, isn't she? And now she? she's like, she's, you know, sitting in the, what, the head of the house chair, like running committees and shit. It's just, it's fucking wild. Oh my God. Imagine she was VP, you know, Trump's oh, VP. Oh, she might be. I know. I know. She Imagine that. Like kind of what a success story. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> that I would mean, be nuts. I, I know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, it's like, I think, I, I think that like the, the, after seeing how Trump, treated mike pence you know sending essentially a mob who uh wound up you know chanting you know uh kill mike pence and then like you know setting up gallows i mean he set the mob who were who, who were, seemed very willing to rip him apart you gotta ask what kind of person would be trump's vp after seeing how pence was treated i think marjorie taylor green might be up to the task yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, pence is still defending yeah. him he said it's outrageous that he got indicted I'm like dude you have no spine he's just You've the worst no backbone man <laughs> a bit bad for him he's just like just massively. a shell of a man <laughs> yeah how many wants to wants to be prez but yeah good luck i was gonna uh and just uh one more thing travis i wanted to pe- people listening will probably have no idea about this but uh, you use a um, stock photo image as your profile picture on Twitter, and um, yes, I do of a Ukrainian man who watched Q into the storm and noticed you. And could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think it's a really quite a sweet story. 
Yeah, it is kind of amazing. Is that like, yeah, I formed my account um, all the way back in the um, early 2017. Um, I just made it sort of like a shit posting account. I, you know, I kind of used to blow off steam when I was like, you know, and I just wanted to, wanted to be in a non account. Like many people make a non account. So I didn't think too much of it. So I made up this name and then I, I, tried to figure out an avatar. And what I did was I went to Shutterstock, which is a stock photo kind of like uh, repository. I searched for the word confused and I viewed through like the various headshots that came up with that keyword. And then I noticed one of a man in a white t-shirt and a beard leaning forward with his, his, his uh, uh, slack jawed expression. I thought that was very funny. And I sort of, I felt like it matched the, the, how I felt reading the news a lot. Just, shocked and bewildered and confused at the state of the world and so i downloaded this uh this headshot and sort of uploaded it to my twitter thinking nothing of it and then um what what wound up happening is that uh yeah so i then i got involved started talking about QAnon, got involved with QAnon anonymous raised my profile started getting published in a few places and um and then i i found that i did find out that through the agency that um that who took this stock photo that it was a ukrainian man that's the only thing i knew about him so so all right so some some guy in ukraine some some you know stock photo model is now my avi whatever i didn't think of it but then i got uh yeah then i was featured in the docuseries q into the storm and what happened is that the the man who in that photo watched it in ukraine and um and uh through a friend through a friend of his hit me up and I found out that his name is Alexander, and uh, he is a—he's actually a really, really funny comedian who um, who once uh, performed for, uh, for like a you know a, a couple, like a pretty popular comedy show there in Ukraine. And um, yeah, and then I and then I um, I wound up having him on the show. We did a, we did an episode with him, and um, when he kind of like talked about you know, his experiences, we did a funny Jake story. Uh, Jake is another my, one of my co-hosts. Um, with him and um, yeah, now he uh, yeah, so he has a, like a little bit of a platform and he has a Twitter account now. And this is the funny part. He now uses my headshot as his Twitter AVI. So yeah, it's a is a is a funny experience. I just thought that was absolutely brilliant because it's just yeah, I, I just absolutely love that story and 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 following his Twitter account, you know, during obviously during the the war, it's been you know quite it's been sad interesting touching you know it's kind of cool to see how a lot of the um the q anonymous audience has you know and and you guys you know have kind of been donating to his his patreon you know like i i donate to it um and how that yeah quite literally translates to you know things that the that they need over there you know fighting this this war it's you know i just thought it was such, such an interesting story and you know the way that it evolved and i love every time I see his account seeing like your photo up there, I just think it's just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Like, yeah, he see, he seems like a, a really good guy. Like he said, like we, we met him and interviewed him uh, before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And yeah, he is obviously uh, like all you know, fighting age men in that country is a, uh, is a, is a really tough spot. Um, but he has been, but he's been, uh, yeah, making the most of it, trying to help his, uh, his neighbors, Oh, I get through uh get through a really really rough time. Mm. Awesome. 
Travis, man, thank you so much for for making the time and coming on and, and talking with us. Um, as I said before, uh, QAnon Anonymous, one of the my f- absolute favorite podcasts, constantly on rotation. I encourage everyone who may not have listened to to give it a give it a go. Um, yeah, just like I don't know how you guys do such you know have such a thorough job of just researching all these incredibly weird fringe things not just about QAnon but just you know all 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 over the place just these really bizarre kind of culty grifty people and um weird conspiratorial phenomenons that um i don't know that weirdly shape our world <laughs> more increasingly more and more shape our world right <laughs> yeah. So, yeah 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 it's been yeah it's been really really fun i mean i've always had interest in like fringe communities so it's really i mean it's really rewarding to like you know uh, uh learn more and more about them each week and see how they influence mainstream politics and get to share what i learned on the podcast every week yeah awesome yes thanks heaps for coming on travis really appreciate it man yeah thank you man and thank Absolutely. you owen appreciate it awesome yeah <laughs> cool. oh and just a quick shout out and thank you to twitter users sos149 celery sorbet and what's doing media for helping us out with the clips take care everyone bye